Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team. I'm Joe DeLeon. Joining me as always, good friend, my co-host, Ryan Roberts, NFL Draft Analyst. Today we're going to be doing our next scouting report episode. We're probably going to start to ease down on the scouting reports because we're going to be doing, the idea is Senior Bowl previews soon, talking about the guys to know, and then Senior Bowl will consume the week itself. And then after that, we're going to officially start doing our position rankings and uh, combine and, and com- well, crazy, whoa, wait, wait. There's a whole crazy. month until the combine comes around. So, like, we'll be doing the position rankings, and then there'll be a pause for the combine, and then we'll go back to the position rankings. I mean, we we only record once or twice a week, though. So, like, it's going to come quick. Oh, we're, it's gonna come we're, quick. we're gonna we're gonna ramp up the ideas now that the the national championships behind us, which was a whirlwind. Uh, now we're gonna ramp up a little bit more. Today yep. we're going to talk about Brock Bowers. And Jatavian Sanders, the two top tight ends in the 2024 NFL draft class. Ryan, I want to start us off here with Brock Bowers, six foot mm-hmm. four, 240 pounds, uh, losing his hair a little bit when I saw him in person, but easily one of the most unassuming, <laughs> most low. gifted tight ends. I seriously, last year, I'm joking, last year mm-hmm. at the college football playoff media availability, mm-hmm. um, it was in Los Angeles, so we, a couple of us with Believe went. Yep. And I couldn't even find him. Like, I was like, I'm, the whole time I'm like, where's Brock Bowers? And he's just sitting down, and the underclassmen didn't have to talk to the media if they didn't want to. And he's just kind of sitting down, hunched over in his chair, doesn't stand up. He just looked like a big receiver. And you wouldn't have guessed that this is the most physically talented tight end, one of the most physically talented to ever come out in the NFL draft. The most yep. just dominant player in college football he is a freak and he wasn't even that highly recruited of a guy like he was highly recruited but he's coming out of napa valley wasn't even the top tight end in his class i the story of brock bowers and following him has to be one of the craziest players and i i I love him as a prospect oh yeah man he is i mean we'll get into the background a little bit and we've already done the background when we did our kind of summary eval on him but Joe, I mean, he's he's one of those players that I think that some people are going to overthink a little bit. And I think there's probably about three or four guys oh, in this yes. class that they're going to overthink tremendously. Like him, Marvin Harrison Jr., Joe Walt are probably my top three where it's just like people are going to come at them and be like, oh, I mean, I don't like this part. And it's just like, guys, just stop, man. Just like take a step back for a second because this kid, like you said, he's a Napa Valley kid, California comes across the uh, cr- across the entire country to go play at the University of Georgia. And Joe, from the second he was at Georgia, from the very first day he was at Georgia, from the very first game he was at Georgia, he was a superstar. Superstar. Mm. He's been a superstar for three years. This wasn't a kid that just bur- you know burst onto the scene this year or last year. Like He has been a star for three years for the University of Georgia, and a big reason why they were able to win back-to-back national championships during his freshman and sophomore campaign. Freaky athlete. If you look into his high school backgrounds, as a sophomore in high school, he had run four fi- in the four fives electronically timed and had a 40-inch vertical. 
guy's a sophomore in high school. And he, he might end up being faster. He's probably going to run the probably four more fours. explosive, man. That's, that's what happens with those types of kids. As they grow into their body and they add good f- weight to their frame, they usually get more explosive. It usually happens when you get into college. So yeah, man, freak show athletes, one of the more dominating or dominant pass receiving tight ends that we'll ever see. I, I remember the mm. Kyle Pitts thing, right? Cause people are going to be like, Oh, Kyle Pitts was a flame out or whatever, or whatever. But he was a Brock Bowers is a much better prospect, in my opinion, than Kyle Pitts and was a yes. much better player yeah. than Kyle Pitts. We were just owing and awing over Kyle Pitts for being 6'6", 240 pounds and running 4'4", and like that type of stuff, right? But there were parts of Kyle Pitts' game that you could knock and be like, I don't like the blocking. He's not super consistent as a route runner. Maybe he's not the strongest well, player through contact. That's not really Brock Bowers, man. He's pretty yeah. physically adept adapts like he can work through contact he's actually a surprisingly good blocker too like he's not a guy where right. you're just gonna put his hand in the dirt 90 percent of the time or whatever but as a detached movement-based player he blocks really well on the perimeter as well i mean this is just a really good player man and one of maybe the best player in the draft without positional value kicked in maybe it's it's arguable it's very arguable oh yeah i mean actually i i'm not gonna say it's not arguable but yeah, I think there's a really good argument for that. The the thing that's caused Kyle Pitts to not flame out but not to work is being misused in a scheme that's asking him to – he's turned into just a big decoy and they ask him to block too much. That, to your point, is he's physically gifted and could be really good, but he needs to be used more as like an X receiver. You know, they need to use him that, – and that was how Florida deployed him. They just used him as their number one receiver. They put him in jump ball situations and they asked him yep. to just go out there and dominate – that's not Brock Bowers. What makes Brock Bowers the better tight end prospect and justified in going in the top four? And this is why I think he's going to get overthought. So many people are going to bring up Kyle Pitts, and I'm going to tell all those people to shut the hell up. Shut the hell up. He is not the same player. He is worthy of going in the top five. Uh, I have a mock draft coming out, and I actually have him going in the top five to the Los Angeles Chargers. I think that this guy is just a freakish vertical athlete. He redirects and moves really well. His route running is great. Um, Mm -hmm. His impact after the catch, too, I think is going to be what's going to end up being the most dangerous, that he's able to shake some guys. He's able to separate once he picks up that speed, and he accelerates just so quickly. The one thing that's just a little bit of a caveat, I think that he shows good physicality in contested situations, but I feel like his hands are a little bit inconsistent. You would hope that a guy who is as impactful as a receiver would maybe be a little bit more sure-handed when he's getting hit. I don't know if it's partially because he was a little banged up this year. That he's a little bit that. smaller. You know I mean? He's only, right. He's, he's 240. He's well, not, he's, he's not like a bulked up dude. He's six foot four. He's not like he's six, six to right. 250. Right. Well, that, that's the main point is that the reason that you're not going to use him 90% in line and you're not going to ask him to win consistently. Well, not consistently. That's a bad word. It, the reason that he's going to have a, an occasional drop or an occasional, you know, just bulk pops out through contact is because he's listed at 6'4", 240. So what does that tell you, Joe? I mean, you saw him in person. What is he? Yeah. 6'3", and some odd and 230 something. Like he's probably not the biggest guy in the world, and, but I don't care ultimately. Like I really right. don't care because he plays – a physical brand of football for his size, and he is. Here's the question, and I'll answer it. Start, and then you tell me if if you agree or if there's a different trait that you that you think is his best. His most rare trait, in my opinion, because there's a lot of great traits that he has, and there's a lot of traits that you could even maybe borderline rare that Brock Bowers possesses. 
The rarest trait, though, in my opinion, is that acceleration. It oh, is yeah, yeah. bananas, man. He There's accelerates like a running back. He accelerates really? like a running back. There are other tight ends out there that probably run as fast as Brock Bowers. I'm sure Evan Ingram is one of them. I'm sure Kyle Pitts is another. Like, There's other tight ends that run as fast as Brock Bowers. But I have never seen a tight end get up to top speed as fast as I've seen Brock Bowers do it, which makes sense why he had a 40-inch vert verified when he was a sophomore in high school because that kid is explosive in short areas, man. Off the line of scrimmage, he gets up to his top speed quickly. I remember as a sophomore... I think it was the national championship game or if it, it was maybe an SEC championship game. I, I forget. It was it was some big game, though. They threw Brock Bowers a bubble screen near the end zone. Mm. And Joe, I have never seen a 240-pound kid catch a football and accelerate to 100 miles an hour as fast as what I saw him. And he scored a touchdown on it. I was just like, that's different, man. That's unique. If he was a tight end, I mean, if he was a wide receiver, just a big body wide receiver, and he did that, I would still call it rare. He has rare explosiveness for a big pass catcher. Forget tight end for a second. He's a rare acceleration player. Well, so you mentioned Kyle Pitts, Evan Ingram. I'm trying to think yep. of like Noah Fant's like another really fast um, yep. tight end in, in the NFL. Yep. The thing that there's usually two buckets with tight ends. There's mm -hmm. the explosive, fast receiving tight ends that can't block. And then there's the more well-rounded guys that aren't going to separate as much, aren't really yak threats and mm -hmm. get their nose dirty and, and like the block yada, yada, yada. And that are more of the, you know, shorthanded five yard pass that you throw in the ball and, you know, maybe picks up a couple extra yards because he fights for the yards. I think yeah. Brock Bowers is this rare blend that we don't typically get. That's, able to do both things. And one of the things that we talked about in the offseason is how does he improve as a blocker? And I, I said that I think that this kid is going to get better as a blocker because he shows an intent. He shows a willingness. He shows, as you talked about, a physicality, a meanness. And I saw, you know, that future of him as an NFL blocker this year. I tweeted out yeah. clips of him a while ago, and I threw in some blocking plays that he mm -hmm. had uh, this season that looked really, really promising of him getting dirty and driving guys off the ball yeah. and driving them to the sideline, driving them into the ground. He can end up being a really good blocking tight end as well. And him having that well-roundedness is going to make him even more dangerous because you don't know what his role is on the field. And that to me, yes. again, is why I think right now he is my top prospect. I don't think that Caleb Williams or Jane Daniels, who I'm yet to like do my final grade on, are the only remaining top guys in that discussion that could knock him off or going to knock him off. Brock yeah. Bowers is my number one player. He had the best season despite injury, and his just rarity is out of this world. I, I don't think we're, yeah. we're going to see a tight end like this in a while. I always look to the rarest football players in a class because you remember Kyle, the Kyle Hamilton class two years ago, right? Yeah. What was yeah. my thought on him? He was the only player in the 2022 NFL draft that I would have said was rare. Nobody else. I mean, everybody else was. I mean, there were several other really good prospects. There were a couple of great ones as well in that class. But was there any other prospect that you would say is rare, like a 6'4", 220-pound safety that did the things Kyle Hamilton did on the field? That's rare, right? Brock Bowers is one of the probably one, maybe two players in this class that I would say are rare football players or get mm. that you just don't see come around too often. Like they are just a different breed. I compared him in the preseason. I still like the comp. If you remember Kellen Winslow Jr., 
who played with the Cleveland Browns. Miami, I, I understand he's not a good person and there's baggage off the field. I know, I know, I know. I'm just player, kind of grimacing, joking. I know, <laughs> but as a football player, man, I went back and looked at his combine stuff. He was right around six foot four, a hair under, so six three and you know, a, a, I think it was like six three and seven eighths or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that could be around Brock Bowers. He bulked up. He only played at Miami around like two thirty five, two forty. But he bolted up to like 247 at the combine. And I think that kind of hurt his testing numbers. I mean, he ended up running like 462, which is still a really good number for a tight end. But if you remember Kellen Winslow, which is why I think he has parallels to Brock Bowers, he was kind of that slender, like in between H back tight end body frame. But he had high effort as a blocker and played a lot more physical than you would expect for a tight end his size. Mm. But he was a rare athlete. And Kellen Winslow Jr. was a rare athlete. He could run routes. He could w- get vertical. He was a really rare talent at the position. And I think that that is what Brock Bowers is as well, man. He does some things athletically as a tight end, which don't see come around very often. So he's, he's different, man. He's a different type of athlete. Yeah. Uh, love Brock Bowers. He's going to end up being the one guy that every time you mock him in the top 10, everyone's going to get so upset. Yes. And then in like two years, everyone's going to be like, why didn't this kid, why wasn't he like the second overall pick? It's like, gee, I wonder why. Like you guys all complained about it. And then now here we are. You were were mad at me when we did our mock draft because my literally, I think my line was, I had to get him in the top 10. I had to. He's too hey, good what, not to what, go in the top 10. He's too I don't good remember what I said. I don't remember what I said. I, I mocked him to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 10, and you're like, oh, that can't be the reason or whatever. I'm just like, dude, he's just too good not to be a top 10 pick. He has to be a top 10 pick. Yeah. It just has to happen. He feels like a guy that somebody trades up for if he starts yeah. to like slide a little bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't think he, he falls out of the top. I had him last mock draft. I had him at eight to the Titans and I had Titans fans and just other individuals complaining like they don't need a tight end. I'm like, well, Traylon Burks is your only like notable receiver and your what offense their, is Garbo. What um, are the tight ends? Is it uh, Ako Ronquo uh, or whatever? The uh, kid Quanquo, from Maryland? Uh, yeah. Quanquo is the only kid in like, yeah, wait, um, because they don't have Janu. Janu left a couple years ago, and um, I, I I really like the idea. Uh, you know, wait, their tight ends are Oconquo and yep. Kevin Rader and Travon Wesco. I didn't realize Oconquo was the was the Maryland kid from two years ago that blew yeah. up the combine. It's like he's like the after catch dude. Yeah, yep. He actually had a pretty good year, five hundred yards and a touchdown. Uh, it's okay, man. That's that's a good. Though. But that's a good, that's a really good second tight end to have in your offense. But I, yeah, I don't, Titans fans, you should be excited. I think the Chargers where I placed him, which we'll end up doing the uh, full uh, uh, mock draft show uh, later on. Bet Online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for 50% off your first deposit. That is a 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, where the game starts. Guys, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about. Jatavian Sanders now the yeah. tight end from Texas yeah. similar build six foot four 243 a little bit more dense uh yeah rocked up like he feels like he's a little bit more more jacked than Brock Bowers so I think that the 240 number is probably a little bit more realistic uh maybe he's a little bit heavier than that yeah. he is another player who 
we liked in the preseason that yep. really took that next step. I, I think I had a top 50 grade on him in the preseason, and I had a slightly higher top 50 grade on him now. Okay. Um, but just any general framework on on uh, on Sanders before we break him down. I think the body type's important. He obviously is number zero for people that haven't watched this film yet, which is absolutely badass that a tight end wears number zero. It's fantastic. Eh, it gives me yeah, fullback awesome. vibes. I'm going to be completely honest. Well, I mean, but but Joe, he's he's kind of that true H back though, right? Like he's not yes, going to play in line yes. a ton either compared to like uh, comparative to a Brock Bowers as well. But he is, I would say he's probably a little bit shorter than he's listed. He's probably 6'3 and some change and he's 240 something pounds. Like he's a pretty densely put together player. And he's a former five-star kid. If you followed his recruitment, he was a big-time defensive player as well. Like he could have played defensive end in college or you know some other spot. Like he he was that type of dude. And I would say in the preseason, he was tight end two by default because I just didn't know who that next guy was after him, after Jatavion mm. Sanders, after Brock Powers. Now, just unless there's a guy that just pops up super late that I just wasn't expecting, he is tight end two with a exclamation point in this class, in my opinion, like he kind of solidified himself there because where, where does the body type? Cause I one last year in 2022, I thought his blocking was very poor, very poor this year. I wouldn't call him a great blocker still, but I would say it was better. It was definitely, yeah. better. definitely yeah. better. still wasn't great, but compared to 2022, he looked like a different player as a blocker. He was much better, yeah. much, much yeah. better. But where his density shows off most, because he's even in the run game, dude, I wouldn't say he's like a people mover, right? Like he's more a positional blocker, going to get in right spots. Like that's more of his thing. But after the catch, dude, that density shows up big time. He reminds me of me when I used to play back backyard football what? or whatever. Dude. What kind of a cop is this? Oh, there's no way you just did that. I'm not letting you do that on this show. You, you've you given some great cops. You just said Jatavian Sanders is me. A play five foot football. 11 Oh my God! <laughs> you know, you know when you used to play tackle football at like you know the the field nearby, and you would catch sure. the ball and you would just break a million tackles because you were playing with a bunch of kids that weren't actually football players. Like you know that that's what Jadavian Sanders looks like on the field, man. He does. He breaks so many tackles; it's outrageous. I didn't like the 2022 film in the sense of as a after a catch guy because I thought he. I thought he fell on contact a little bit too much. Like there were some times where he would break a ton of tackles, but then he would just, you know, it would just be like an ankle tackle and he would just trip. Like his balance wasn't incredible on film in 2022. 2023 is much better. He breaks a ton of tackles. He's an after catch dynamo. He is very good in those. I mean, they could literally, they throw slide routes, they throw drags, they throw screens because they're trying to get him just into open space and let him become a football player in the open field, man. So you just talked about Chig Akawankwo or however you pronounce his name for Tennessee. That kid, he would be perfect in that type of role on the next yeah. level. Kind of the Kyle Shanahan-esque type of situation where you're trying to get tight ends on delays and slides and, and just into space quickly, the George Kittles of the world, and just let him work in space and let him be an athlete. This kid isn't necessarily, and I think it's better, but I wouldn't call him a nuanced route runner. I wouldn't call him a guy that really understands how to run routes at like this superior level. But he's good enough in those areas, and he is a great player after the catch, man. Get this kid some space, and he does some really nice work with the football in his hands. Yeah, um, you checked every, you know, you hit every nail on the head there with with talking about Sanders. Uh, tremendous athlete, guy who's probably going to really shine at the NFL Combine and that we're going to be talking like, about. 
What, what do you think 40 time wise? Four six flat, like right around there, right? Like I wouldn't say he's a burner, I, I, I but I like, see like a mid four five. I think that's that's really, really possible for him. Um yeah. very flexible athlete, just very fluid, easy player after the catch. That's what makes him dangerous. That you know, he moves really easily. Long speed's good as we just talked about. Acceleration's good, but not like in that real like elite uh category. The change of direction is what I really love about him. Um, I, I think as a receiver. His hands are fine. I, it's kind of similar okay. to Brock Bowers where he's not going to make every single catch. He's not going to make the ridiculous contested catches, but when it's made easy for him, he's going to bring the ball down. I, he's going to continue to move with the football. I don't I don't think he's an incredibly long kid, right? So like I think no. that there are some like plays at the catch points, elevating for footballs. I just extending outside of his frame. I just think there's like, going to be some plays where he's just not able to finish consistently, which is okay. Again, I, I just talked about a role that I think he's perfect in that if he lands in that role, could be a pro bowl type, type player. I mean, he's got that, that much upside in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that uh, the best way to phrase them, I think it's good that we're doing Brock Bowers and then Jadavion Sanders is Brock Bowers is a super explosive athlete, right? Super explosive. Jatavion Sanders is a super powerful athlete. There's a big difference mm-hmm. there, right? Like he is more vertical, powerful, while Brock Bowers is explosive in and out of breaks and can kind of just find over right, grass right. a lot quicker. So a little bit of a different athlete there. Uh, I will say I think that the chain or uh, the um the blocking stuff, I think I saw a lot of people on Twitter this year talking about like just showing like one-off clips of him having good blocks, being like, wow, he looks really good and as a blocker, but I I think it's improved very slightly. I wouldn't really say that it is like at a level where I'm going to say, oh, I can trust Tavian Sanders as a blocker. I feel like there are a lot of times he, where yeah. he just doesn't hit anyone and you're kind of wondering like, hey, you know, you got to look for work, man. Like you got to like find work. You got to do something. You got to do um, a little bit more. His angles yeah. aren't great. He's not really a driver. Yeah, he gets in the way. That, that That's yeah. why for me, he's a top 50 player and I'm not going to go as far as to say that if he was a better blocker, he might be a late first-round prospect for me, but top 50 makes the most sense. I think at the end of the day, Ryan, his total projection for me, I think he's going to be one of the first players off the board in the second round. I don't think that there's going to be another tight end that really yeah. challenges him as that second tight end, as you said, to really solidify himself as tight end two. And mm-hmm. then after all of these receivers come off the board, all of these corners come off the board, all of these tackles come off the board – Teams looking for an added weapon are going to come back around beginning of the second round. Maybe somebody trades up and says, you know, we want a tight end weapon that we think is going to develop into uh, our version of Sam Laporta. You know, like we want to get our second, third round guy that we think is going to be uh, a very, very high impact rookie. I think he is the ideal tight end two in the 2024 class in the sense of I think that there is a drop from Brock Bowers to Jadavion Sanders, but I think there is also another big drop from Jadavion Sanders to whoever the heck ends up being tight end three. Because, I mean, I thought it was maybe going to be Benjamin. I got no idea. I don't have no idea who tight end three is. And then Urasek went back to school, entered the transfer portal, is now going back to Stanford for another year. It's just kind of a really weird one. Oh, that sucks. I kind of want to see Urasek go somewhere. Seriously, I, I could you I imagine him at, at Georgia? Georgia. That was, yeah, that, that was the perfect Brock one, man. And him in the Brock Bowers role, I really wanted it. But I, I think that I agree that I think that he is a fir- firm second round player, probably an early second round player. And the great thing that is coming to Sanders' advantage is that there might be a trade up situation where someone has to be like, dude, there's no other tight end in this class that we really love outside of Brock Bowers. We need to yeah. make sure we get Jatavion Sanders. We need to trade up to the beginning of the second round to make sure that we secure this player or else we're in a tough situation, right? So I think there's going to be heavy demand for Jadavion Sanders in this class. 
Yeah, there's a lot of guys just I, I go I sometimes go off of the PFF uh big board. Obviously, my rankings don't coincide <laughs> with them, but it's just like yeah. a it's an easy measuring point because it's a different perspective. I'm not going off of somebody's scouting analysis. I'm just going off of some numbers that they they grade these guys. Like the yep. the ones that they have after Sanders are AJ Barner, Theo Johnson uh, from Penn State, Dallin Holker from uh, Colorado State. Who I want to watch. Did he answer? But, did he answer the class? Is Holker in the class? Uh, I think he. I think he was. I think he was. I mean, he's a COVID kid, so I'm pretty sure he had one more year if he wanted it. Yeah, he declared. Yeah, he declared, he declared uh, a month yeah. ago. He had a big year from Colorado State. He was at BYU originally, and he played behind yeah. Isaac Rex for a couple of years. So he's interesting. He, he he's somebody that I really want to watch because he showed some really good stuff in the Colorado game. Uh, Cade Stover, yeah, Cade Gene solid, Bell, Ben Sinnott, um, Brant Kuth. I don't even know if he's declaring because he he didn't even play it all this year. But I'm like, pretty it's sure these... he doesn't have eligibility left. But oh, <laughs> he might not have eligibility. Oh left, man, that's that <laughs> sucks because he 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 was really promising, but. The, the whole point is here is we're wrapping up the, the tight end class after these two guys. It's a lot of like more like well-rounded players that aren't really yeah. as twitchy and like maybe like guys like Theo Johnson, you know, maybe he's like a little bit more and Jaheim Bell is like a really twitchier athlete, but he's so much smaller that he's not really an 6'1", 227 end. pounds. Right. Like, yeah. there, there, there's a lot of, as we come down this list and as we're going to end up doing yep. our rankings, there's going to be a lot of guys that fit more late day two that are like, well, he does like this pretty good, but like this is a huge drawback on him. It's just it's a weird, yeah. weird, weird tight end class. Nowhere near as good as last year. No, not the depth for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you had obviously the, you know, even after the top top two that I had in the class, you know, you still had the same Laportas of the world, and it, it was it was a really good tight end class last year. It really was. Yeah. So, and they all played pretty. I mean. Laporta had a great rookie year. I thought that Dalton Kincaid had a really promising rookie year. I thought that Michael Mayer looked really good when the Raiders decided to throw him the football as well. Like it was yeah. a really good tight end class we were just off of this year. All right, everybody. At Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft. We'll be back. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.